prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Welcome to The Legend of Retro. I am Craig WK, and with me is my buddy Xander. Hello. Harpy Bip's Day, Craig. It's your birthday extravaganza time. It is my birthday extravaganza time. So, uh, my birthday falls in between uh, this uh, episode's release and next episode's release. And so, for the last, like, half of September, last two episodes in the month, uh, I get my own really kind of special uh, birthday uh, thing going on as we cover two of my favorite video games of all time starting with illusion of gaia i've heard of this one indeed you have it was released on the super nintendo on september 1st 1994 by quintet this action rpg gives you control of will who's destined to save the world from the brink of calamity as a giant meteor hurdles towards the earth Mm-hmm. Now you've played this game a fair amount. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, I've played this game. Uh, I probably every few years I go through it. I've played this game all the way through once, quite some time ago, and I have a lot of gaps in my memory from it. So this will be enlightening. <laughs> uh, it's what I'm here for, Xander. Uh, so uh, for me, I of course got this game uh, for my birthday. Uh, back in 1994. Uh, and uh, it's kind of not really the game that taught me how to read. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so, uh, quick, quick, stupid story from uh, our childhood. Uh, for those of you who listen to Noiseland Arcade, Sean the Arcade Phantom uh, and I, back in the day, uh, we had met in like middle school, so in middle school, maybe early high school, uh, had been talking one day about the merits of video games. Uh, and at one point I brought up that video games help with like reading comprehension and stuff. And I referenced Illusion of Gaia. That Sean helped, took that- helping you to be able to read. And, Sh- and Sean took that and would just say, oh yeah, Craig, Craig learned how to read from playing Illusion of Gaia. And so uh, for the next years of my life, rest of my life, <laughs> uh, it became the ongoing gag that Illusion of Gaia taught me how to read, you know, when I was 10 years old. Yeah, I, I don't remember if it was, was it right away that he did that? Because I always remembered him saying like, hey, you know what's interesting is I remember Craig saying this game taught him how to read, but that game came out when he was like 10 years old. He would have been in like fifth grade. Uh, I'm sure Sean loved referencing it over and over and over again. So I think it was something that happened right at the start and then he continually... Yeah, Sean has a, has a way of, of really rubbing in things that you, someone might be upset about. Legend of Mana. Yeah. Uh, Legend of Mana. Yeah. Let's not talk about Sean anymore. You're right. We shouldn't talk about that jerk. We should talk about Illusion of Gaia. Indeed we should. Clever, by the way. We call it that because we learned how to read from it. That is true. Uh, so yeah, uh, Illusion of Gaia is kind of, sort of, part of a trilogy. 
Uh, it's called the Soul Blazer Trilogy, and it's a series of spiritual successors, uh, starting with Soul Blazer, uh, then Illusion of Gaia, and then uh, it never came out in America, but uh, it did come out in Europe, uh, Terranigma. Uh, those three games are all fairly similar. They have, they're not linked directly, mm-hmm. uh, though uh, there's a hidden boss in Illusion of Gaia, which is the final boss i believe of soul blazer and uh and terranigma is one of those games that you is like one of your favorites isn't it yeah well terran i mean illusion of guy is one of my favorites for sure but uh if i had to to be objective about it terranigma is a better game terranigma mm-hmm. is probably certainly top 10 super nintendo mm-hmm. i think that you can make a claim for top five i believe you it's it's a very good game. It is it is a, a marvelous game. I uh, but I uh, you own a physical copy of it, don't you? Like a remade or not like a remade, but like a replica. I don't. Uh, oh, I thought, uh, hmm. Sean the Arcade Phantom does. Ah, that's right, because you got it for him for Christmas one year, right? <sighs> Did I get him that one for I Christmas? Don't you you got like these they're like fan made like replicas of these certain games. I did get him a few of those, but I don't know if Terranigma was a part of that list I got him, because he had some before. I, I said we were going to talk about Sean, so let's not. Yeah, we're, we're apparently liars. Let's, yes. uh, let's put a stop to that right now. Uh, so, the, the story is super weird. You're not very familiar with it, right, Xander? I don't, re- I don't recall a ton of it, no. So... In the story to this game, which there is a healthy amount of, considering it's, you know, a pretty simple Super Nintendo game. Uh, in this game, Will is uh, the last survivor of an expedition of explorers that went to the Tower of Babel. Which is strange, because Nintendo cut out all religious stuff. Mm-hmm. Because, you know... They won't let you have red crosses because it's too close. Oh, well, that's more of a thing with the actual red cross. But sometimes, you know, like crosses that are on churches and stuff like that. Nah, Miro, get out of here with that. Yeah, even like, Illusion like, of Gaia. Uh, the game starts with you in Sunday school in the uh, Japanese version, but in the uh, American version, it it is uh, Sunday school, or it's uh, 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 school it's just that school. happens to be on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just school. I don't know if they actually say what day it is. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so in this game, Will, his, his father has, uh, gone missing, potentially died, uh, at the Tower of Babel, and Will doesn't remember what happened. He has amnesia, uh, and so when he's back home, the, he realizes that he has psychic powers, and so that's how he's able to, like, move items closer to himself, mm-hmm. Uh, he has like psycho powers that allow him to to uh, dash around, turn into whirlwinds, all this other crazy stuff. And uh, yeah, so Will gets wrapped up in this uh, adventure, this quest given to him by Gaia, the spirit of the earth, who's like, hey, do you like living in South Cape? And Will's like, yeah, a little weird about my dad being missing and my memories being gone. And he's like, what if it got worse? <laughs> There's a comet coming and it gonna wreck everything. Go collect some statues and stop it. 
Now, can we can we jump back for just a second? You said Will's psychic powers or psycho powers is how he he retrieved items. I always thought he was making little whirlwinds with his flute. <laughs> like he was pulling uh, it in by just like I'm gonna do this fast enough and it's gonna pull things towards me. Because couldn't you push things away too? Uh, no, I or think you I could only. Crazy? I think you could only pull things towards you. Yeah, with your with your flute vortex. Psychic powers, flute vortex, you know, whatever. It's potato, potato. Uh, it is kind of weird that he fights with a flute. A little bit, yeah. That's a tough flute. A I don't know what it's it made must, of. It must be a wood flute, because I imagine the metal would, would bend eventually. Maybe it's like wouldn't bamboo. The, wouldn't the wood one snap? I mean, I feel like if you hit something hard enough, maybe, I don't know. Maybe we'll magic snap that flute. straw. Psychic flute, Craig. Psychic magic flutes. Psychic flutes. I think that's a sweet name for a band, by the way. Psychic magic flutes? Psychic magic flutes. <laughs> Copyright Craig and Xander. <laughs> yeah, no using it without our permission. We want all them royalties. I... So I'm sorry, anyway, so the, the uh, Gaia is talking to you, say, hey, everything's about to get the whole heck of a lot worse. But... Yeah. Do you want to transform? Yeah, so guy is like, hey, do you want to be Fabio with a sword? And you're like... Sorry, Gaia, you had me at Fabio. (laughs) And then later in the game, guy is like, "Uh, did you enjoy being Fabio with a sword? And you're like, yeah, this is sweet. And then guy is like, how about if you're a malleable pile of darkness that lashes out at enemies with a pseudopod? Sounds less cool than Fabio, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so you could become Shadow or Freedan, uh, who are, you know, these these two characters. And it's a really interesting mechanic that you don't really find in a lot of other games. Uh, certainly not this kind of adventure uh, genre where you transform into other people, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they all have their own mechanics. So, like, Freedan has longer reach. He can shoot out energy blasts with his sword. Uh, Shadow is able to lash out further as well. But uh, he can also turn into, like, a pile of darkness and slip through the cracks and floors. So, I've got the manual in front of me. Would you like me to tell you what they call these powers? Please do. So, Freedan has Dark Friar which is uh, shooting, uh, shoot from the sword with this move, push and hold the A button until Freedan flashes, release to fire at enemies. Or a barrier, which creates a protective barrier by holding the A button until Freedan is flashing, then press L and R repeatedly. And then Earthquaker, pressing the A button, jumping down, Freedan lands with an earthquake, which will briefly freeze all enemies. Shadow. I... Uh-huh. Liquify. Oh. The aura sphere given to you by Gaia. Shadow can change into liquid. And the stadies can't be harmed by enemy attacks. To transform, equip the sphere, then press B to use it. That's all it says for him. He, at the end of the game, does get another power. Uh, which, uh, should we spoil it? I mean, it's Is like... Is that the, 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 the crescent, like, firing thing? Yeah, the firebird. That... Well, yeah, that says uh, simply press the A button to fire a crescent-shaped beam at your enemies. So huh. that's kind of just like always there maybe well no the fire the firebird is uh uh, that must be his regular attack because uh the firebird is only in the final battle ah gotcha 
and you essentially launch tiny phoenixes at the enemy, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, Now, uh, Xander, uh, one of the big things I wanted to touch on is that uh, Illusion of Gaia is, I mean, not based on real life. Right, Uh, but there's a lot of real life places in it. Yeah. So we mentioned the biblical uh, uh, Tower of Babel. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's also another biblical reference that was cut in America uh, where the giant uh, fish monster in America is called River Sun, which is weird and dumb. But uh, in Japan, it's Leviathan, which is, of course, biblical. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, aside from that, you have uh, locations like Incan Ruins, the Nazca Lines, uh, Sky Garden might be a uh, reference to the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the Great Wall of China, Angkor Wat, and uh, the Egyptian Pyramids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then don't forget South Cape. And South Cape, uh, which, I mean, yeah, there's, <laughs> there, there are pla- places called South Cape, so that's fair. Yeah. I. Uh, and then uh, I, another thing I wanted to touch on uh, briefly here is a uh, couple of big names uh, had worked on this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Moto Hajio uh, is a manga artist who did uh, AA Prime, uh, which was brought over to the West. Uh, I don't think it was super popular. It came out uh, back in like the late 90s, early 2000s when manga was just start- starting to take off in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a novelist named uh, Mariko Ohara worked on the game. And uh, Ohara's uh, very first uh, foray into writing was that she did Star Trek fan fiction where Kirk and Spock hook up. Hot. Super Wait, hot. What's her name again? Uh, Mariko Ohara. So Ohara cut out Ohura? That is true. Mm, interesting. I I also you got to start yeah. somewhere. You know, you can't just go into making great video games. You got to start with some some sexy sexy fanfic. That is true. You got to start with great fanfics. Yep. I did she and also then, uh, write the manual for this game because this manual is hefty. Yeah, the manual's awesome. So you're taking a look at it there. Uh, it's essentially like a strategy guide. Yeah, and so the first half kind of introduces the characters and items and all that stuff. Uh, and then halfway through it says, don't turn this page until you've read this message. Spoilers follow. Uh, once you've turned the page, you will lose your innocence, it literally says. <laughs> and then the next page like just tells you like a flowchart of how the rest of the game is going to go. And it shows you how to get all the dark gems. And is a, just a quick, like, uh, run through of the entire game yeah it's awesome i i remember looking through that guide over and over as a kid uh, it also came with a uh, uh map uh, mm-hmm. on one side and then a bestiary on the other uh that had all the monsters in the game uh and is then it pronounced bestiary or is it bestiary i it, it there's no a in it or, or no a at the start uh, so i think it's bestiary no oh, i've always called it bestiary because it's a list of monsters, right? right it makes yeah. sense it's a bestiary. Hop on Discord. Let us know if you know if it's bestiary or bestiary. Let I guess us we know. can go to look up no, the dictionary. No, we rely on the fans. 
We have the best fans ever, and they will tell us the answers. Uh, also, we another... didn't learn how to read until we played Illusion of Gaia, so we have no idea what this word is. That is true. Uh, <laughs> and another uh, uh, interesting product uh, is that for a brief limited time, uh, there were Illusion of Gaia shirts uh, that uh, uh, are currently, uh, some are available on, uh, you know... The E of Bays. Uh, eBay. And there's... It looks like there's one on, on, on your body there, Craig. Uh, there sure is, Xander. Uh, a few years back, I uh, uh, purchased an Illusion of Gaia shirt myself. Uh, at the time, it was kind of cheap. It was like 20, 30 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they're, what, like 80 to 100 bucks on uh, eBay? The listings that I pulled up, uh, are there anywhere between 85 and $120? Unless you want to get super ripped off by one that's listed for 20 or $250 with $25 shipping. That is the most secure shirt I've ever heard of in my entire life. You ain't wrong. It's actually shipped in cedar so no moths can get to it. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. Worth every penny. There are um, knockoff shirts that kind of have the same design. So uh, for those of you who aren't staring at Craig right now and just admiring his body, mm-hmm. you, uh, you don't know that uh, it's the Illusion of Gaia video game cover. So you have uh, the, the, the on-game text, the earth and all that. But below you also have like a, a spiritual-ish uh, kind of uh, drawing of both Frieden and Shadow. Um, the knockoff ones are dark blue, the entire shirt, and uh, have that same image, but there's no kind of differentiation between the, the black shirt and the image. So if you're looking to get an authentic shirt, that's what you want to look for, as far as I know. Yeah, it's a little tricky. On Google. <laughs> it's a little tricky because it's hard to tell if they're like legitimate from back mm-hmm. then. Uh, though the tag on mine is super old and faded, mm-hmm. uh, which makes me think that it probably is an older shirt. Right. Uh, but heck if I know for sure. I, Xander, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the weird, weird, uh, dark story. Do it. So, I, off the bat, like early in the game, you get like, uh, accused of like resisting the King and get thrown into jail for like life. Uh, and then you have to escape from the, the same prison that your grandfather designed when he was a young man. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, perhaps one of the, the, the uh, best moments, in my opinion, of the game uh, is a really heavy scene when you become shipwrecked. And I think you remember that, don't yes. you? Yep. Yeah, it's uh, really bizarre. Will and Kara, Kara, whatever. Uh, uh, like all their friends become shipwrecked at one point, but they're the only two on this raft. They don't know what happened to their friends. Mm-hmm. And they start like starving and stuff. And you have to uh, catch fish. And like you end up like falling in love with Kara during the event because you're like trapped on this like raft with her for like 20 days straight. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the secret love story between my wife and I. I always say it's Guitar Hero, but shipwrecked and eating a lot of fish. I highly recommend uh, getting yourself off of Tinder, canceling your your eHarmony account, mm-hmm. throw out the OKCupid, okay getting shipwrecked and eating a bunch of fish. Mm-hmm. That's Works the way to do it every time. <laughs>
does. Also, the ladies love third-person narratives because it, sometimes the dialogue boxes aren't internal for Will mm -hmm. in the shipwreck scene. It's as if he's talking out loud, but he says stuff like, Will found that Kara was like, you know, like becoming <laughs> more and more beautiful per day. And it seems like Will's just going crazy on the boat. Mm -hmm. Also, if you can work on summoning items to you by twirling a flute, that helps. It does. It really, really does. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, uh, 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 type of person you're attracted to, no matter the what, really, really digs, uh, psychic Flute magic birds. flutes. <laughs> yes. Psychic magic flutes. Uh, a couple other really dark moments are, uh, uh, you're talking about Hamlet, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> so Hamlet... Spoiler alert, the game's been out for a while. Just a uh, little bit. <laughs> so, uh, it's been out since I learned how to read, all right? Right. Uh, but uh, at one point, you, you go to this village, and they're starving to death, and they capture you. And they're very vague about it. In the Japanese version, these people are starving to death and have, have had to resort to cannibalism. To resist this, Hamlet, Kara's pet pig sacrifices himself in the fire or I think it's more apt to say snacrifices himself oh Craig you're such a ham wah 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 uh, but the by far the, the darkest part of the video game uh, and I would argue is the darkest part of any Super Nintendo uh, game is the time when Will has to stop a bunch of slavers Right. Remember that, Xander? In the diamond mine, right? Yeah. So uh, you go to the town of Frisia, and Will is warned that, like, you know, the main street of Frisia is, is safe and it's wonderful, it's beautiful. And it is. It's, it, you know, it kind of has like a, a cherry blossom aesthetic to it. But when you go to the back alleys, you find out that there are slavers. And uh, one of the slaves, when you go to talk to them, Beseeches, beseeches you and asks you to go save their people who are dying in a diamond mine. Now the manual says it's time to do the right thing and save the laborers in the diamond mine. Laborers is a really fan... <laughs> forced labor is a very, very fancy way of saying slavery. You ain't wrong. I appreciate that Nintendo was like, oh, uh, oh, yeah, I guess they're indentured servants? No, Nintendo. They were slaves. They're, they're just being worked really hard, guys. Really, really hard, and they're not allowed to have breaks ever. Yep. Yeah, it's twisted. Uh, and so, yeah, you break up a, a, a group of slavers that are, you know, uh, uh, you know, enslaving people in this uh, diamond mine. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because uh, while you need to do this to advance the plot of the game, there's no mystic statue in the diamond mine. This right. is solely so that Will can go bust heads and save these people, which is kind of neat. When I was a kid, I didn't appreciate that uh, event as much as I did when I played it like last year. And uh, it's awesome. 
Like, there, there is nothing more satisfying than killing slavers. Let me tell you. <laughs> nothing. Uh, I need to play this game again. You do. It is, uh, uh, I mean, it's one of my favorite games of all time, uh, but it is still a solid Super Nintendo game. It might not be one of the like top 10 best, objectively, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it is a, a really, really awesome game. Uh, one but thing I, that always stuck out to me when I, because I played this game later on in like high school after hearing how much you enjoyed it. Because I, the first time I played, a friend of mine who like got me into Sailor Moon and like all these other like nerdy things uh-huh. would always load up his save data and show me the end of the game, and I would just see like just him playing it. So I was like, always had a like a, an appreciation, like oh, this looks like a cool game. But I never played it until you guys, you and Sean, kind of talked more about it. And one thing that stuck out to me was the character names. So you have, like, of your, like, main companions, you have Will, Kara, Lily, Lance, Seth, and Eric. And I, I know you still do. Sean does it to a less extent, I feel. Um, but when you can put in a name for your character, you always do Will, which is your middle name, because back in the day you couldn't have, you know, you're often limited to four spaces. So yeah, even though you couldn't read and K-R-E-G was a perfectly acceptable way to spell <laughs> Craig, you would use Will. Uh, right. Sean constantly uses the name Seth, and mm-hmm. Sean's younger brother always used the name Lance, despite the fact that his name is Cody. So Seth and Sean are kind of similar. Obviously, Will and, and Will, Liam are basically the same. Uh, Lance is a little bit different. But I thought it was weird, like, of all your main core friends, some of which are, I mean, they're all children, and some of which don't make it through the entire game, uh, which is another sad story to talk about another time. <laughs> It was interesting that, like, the three people that I talked with a lot all went by characters from this game. Yeah, it, it's a weird it is super to weird. go on, but I wanted to mention it before I forgot about it. And we always called you Lily behind your back. That's, that's the connection. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you guys called me Hamlet because I was so portly. No. And Lily. I liked snacrifices. Lily, because I wanted to date you. Nice. <laughs> Tell me more about this uh, Captain Kirk and Spock man- or, uh, fan fiction you were talking about earlier. <laughs> uh, so I uh, the the game is is has a lot of really dark moments. Mm-hmm. the The plot might be really weird, but it is also surprisingly deep for a Super Nintendo game. There's uh, like uh, uh, we previously mentioned. There's this like romance between Will and Kara. Uh, who goes from being like the spoiled princess to actually getting some character development where she grows as a person and like stops being so bratty and snotty. But still looks like Lucy from Peanuts. So <laughs> she, wow. Yeah, she kind of does, doesn't she? <laughs> like she, she matures so much on that boat, but still looks like a child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, a really awesome game. And I, uh, one of my favorite endings for a Super Nintendo... Honestly, for a video game. I honestly, I don't remember the ending. I just remember the final boss where you are shadow fighting the weird face on the meteor. It is an incredibly satisfying ending. Uh, I, I won't reveal it in case we have some listeners that are, that are starting to get gung-ho to try this out. I mean, uh, with my memory lapse, I'm probably going to play through it again soon, and it'll be nice to experience it for the first time the second time. Indeed. I, I felt like the ending to the game was super satisfying. Uh, but I... 
Xander, what else do you have uh, for Illusion of Gaia? What else are you thinking about? Man, I, I'm just dying to talk about the music, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't remember a whole lot else um, other than, you know, season two of Legend of Retro when we did our RPG protagonist battle saying that Will was one of my picks and when I had to, to offer a reason why he was so great, I drew a total blank and couldn't <laughs> remember anything about him. I was like, I promise he's cool. I just don't remember this game. <laughs> yeah, Will is a really cool character. I really enjoy him. Uh, the only other thing is that uh, I feel like the monster designs are real cool. Yeah, like you have I, the... Uh, in the manual, he's listed as uh, Cast Off. Cast Off. Like a giant red head that like, hands that like peek out from under the... That's, that's a really cool looking boss. Yeah, you have like crazy demons. You have like the uh, vampires at one point. Yeah, you fight two vampires, uh, which is a super weird event in the game. Uh, it's another uh, reference to to. I mean, not that it was a real place, but the uh, sunken city of Mu, mm-hmm. uh, M U, uh, is uh, what that's all based on. Uh, but yeah, you have like a uh, really interesting monster designs and stuff, and uh, the the. The game is super interesting because you you gain power-ups just by killing all the enemies on the screen. Mm-hmm. And so you can skip a lot of that and then you won't be as powerful later in the game because you can't really go back to dungeons. Right. Uh, and that's uh, one of the big kind of mechanics of the, the game. And so that's the only other thing I can think to, to bring up is the fact that uh, uh, the, one of the challenges of the game aside from collecting red gems to get the alternate secret final dungeon is uh, going through and having to find all the enemies to kill. Cause sometimes they're not easy to find. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there something also about the, the boss from the, the sky garden? Oh yeah. So uh, interesting uh, little note uh, in the it's American Viper in the, in the manual, a giant Eagle God in the American version Uh, It's a Babylonian statue that has like wings and talons and Mm -hmm. shoots out like the like feathers at you. In the Japanese version, it's just a big bird. That's less interesting. Yeah, right. And uh, a lot of people think that uh, uh, they, they weren't satisfied with that boss. And so after the game had already been out in Japan, they reworked it for just the American version and arguably the european version as well of course i mm-hmm. uh, and yeah so uh, i it, it's one of the only times in a video game i can think of where the japanese version kind of got the short end of the stick yeah and a better version arguably you know i i guess if you're looking at every tiny thing it might be different because of localization stuff and censorship but uh but yeah no they they reworked one of those the monster sprites for us neat Finally, we get something cooler than the Japanese. It does not happen back then very often. Well, do you have anything else to touch on before we jump into the music? No, let's go ahead and uh, hear a word from one of our partners, and then we'll chat about the music. Sweet. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, boom shakalaka 
All right. Tell us about these sweet, sweet tunes, Craig. So the music was composed by Yasuhiro Kawasaki. Do you know what else Kawasaki worked on, Xander? Did he um, compose music for fan fictions about Star Trek? He might as well have, because there is not a single other video game I was able to reliably find that he work, uh, worked on. Well, when you make something this good, you can just retire, I think. Pretty much. Uh, I, I, I feel a little bit of regret that we weren't able to hear uh, Kawasaki's uh, other works. Uh, because Illusion of Gaia has amazing music. Yeah. It it's, is it's, real good. It's very of the Super Nintendo era time. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear like arrangements of these songs, but it, even, even in that like mid nineties super Nintendo time, it's still, it's great. It's really good music. Uh, yeah. It's, first, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, it's, it's really awesome. And uh, there are definitely remixes out there on uh, like YouTube and stuff you can find mm-hmm. uh, that are gorgeous. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoy the original Super Nintendo soundtrack. So uh, what, what do we have for a Sander? So we're going to start in, uh, in South Cape. We're going to take a listen to the, the town of South Cape. And now there are two versions of this, one with and without uh, seagulls. We decided we want seagulls. So here seagulls, you go. Seagulls, seagulls, seagulls. AKA Lively City by the Sea. to liven up your songs throw some random in it i really love that song it might be one of my favorite video game songs of all time i recall uh taking the tune and putting it in animal crossing for you and that was your town theme for a while it was yeah i uh i really enjoyed the 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 sound of uh or the song of south cape from uh illusion of gaia there were times when i would start a record in this game and just sit in South Cape and do other things like in my room. Yeah, there's there I can't count how many times I've been to your place and the song has just been playing. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Xander, what else do we have? So uh, the next two are going to be picks of mine and then we're going to jump back to yours and then we'll jump back to one that I'm surprised you didn't pick. But uh, anyway, we're going to start with Beautiful World, which I believe is the world map theme song.
want to cut it off. This is such a good song. Yeah, this is the uh, uh, world map as well as the file select song. Oh, oh yeah. Man, that's a good track. And it goes on a lot longer than I remember it. Yeah, it does. It, it the the a lot of uh, uh, even good soundtracks from that time on Super Nintendo maybe weren't that long of loops. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Illusion of Gaia has a lot of depth to each of its songs. Mm-hmm. The next track we're going to listen to, I don't remember where this takes place in the game, but I remember as soon as I was, I was listening to the soundtrack, as soon as this one came out, I was like, yep, I need this one right away. Uh, this is called Blessing of Nature. nice peaceful track which again, this is goes, uh goes into like a b melody right as i turned it down but <laughs> this is uh uh first heard in uh itori village mm. uh lily's hometown uh but we hear it throughout the game a few different times mm-hmm. and yeah i really love how just kind of soft that song is yeah uh, so a stark contrast from that, we're going to jump into the theme from the Angkor Wat, which uh, is called Ex- Unexplored Temple. amazing to me how much of this is just like flashing back into my memory just of hanging out at your place <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is uh uh the the illusion of Gaia soundtrack not only did i just play it a bunch you know because i love it so much uh but it's also in my like dungeons and dragons playlists yep. and stuff so you know uh it pop up uh when we play D as well mm-hmm. uh, and Encore watt is 
one of the, probably about the toughest dungeon in the game. And so I always feel a little stressed out listening to that song, <laughs> but I really love it. All right. And the last track we're going to listen to is called Guardians, which I believe is one of the boss fights. I really enjoy that song. Yeah, that is uh, for the boss uh, boss fights in the game. And this, uh, I mean, talk about adding some stress. I mean, that's this jumps in and uh, in D and D all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Oh man. Well, anything else you want to touch on on uh, Illusion of Gaia before we jump into our retro rewind? No the the only thing that comes to mind is the the sort of the tragedy of the game, and that's that Quintet went out of business. And Square Enix, who who technically holds the rights to this uh, these games, uh, maybe or maybe Quintet still does. I'm not really sure. Uh, we've not ever seen a re-release of Soul Blazer, Illusion of Gaia, or Terranigma. Not on any download service. Uh, mm-hmm. Not on any collections. Uh, you pretty much have to cheat to be able to play this game. And that's a shame because I would love to be able to support, uh, you know, the Soul Blazer trilogy, which has like two of my favorite games of all time. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, my birthday extravaganza is starting off strong. I, uh, I really uh, love Illusion of Gaia. And I'm glad we could uh, finally talk about it. What about you, Xander? Well, you know, actually, I forgot that I pulled up speedrun information since that's normally not my thing, but I do have... Uh two different speed run times on this, if you want to take a guess. So there's any percent and then 100%. Do you want to take a guess at what the any percent record is for Illusion of Gaia? I don't know, maybe uh, three hours? The any percent is uh, currently held by Le Hulk, and his time is one hour, 57 minutes, and six seconds. Wow. Uh, what's the everything time then? For 100%, uh, it's currently held by Solar Cell 007 with two hours, 11 minutes, and 18 seconds. Not that much more time. Le Hulk is in second place with two hours and 12 minutes and 17 seconds. So he almost has both. Wow. Good on Le Hulk. Yep. But uh, that's, that's all we have for Illusion of Gaia. Let's jump into our Retro Rewind. Ready to go back in time? It's Retro Rewind. Grand Theft Auto 3. Now get into CDI, starting at $2.99. Say it. Suck it, suck it up! bikes to trains to video games. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. Craig, you got some headlines for us? 
for uh, September of 1994? I do. So uh, I have access to the uh, Detroit Free Press, uh, the uh, newspaper of uh, the Detroit area. And on September 1st, 1994, when this game released, uh, there was big news going on in Detroit. Uh, Rosa Parks was attacked. Oh, yikes. Yeah, so for those who need a history lesson, uh, on December 1st, 1955 in Montgomery, Alabama, Rosa Parks was told to move to a different area of the bus. Uh, She was black. And at the time, there was like designated seating for people who were black uh, because our history is garbage and terrible. You're not wrong. And uh, uh, Rosa Parks uh, originally sat in the area she was quote unquote supposed to, minding her business. And uh, when the bus started to fill up, she was told to move. And Rosa Parks was like, no. And the bus driver's like, I'm going to just stop the bus and call the cops. And she was like, yeah, you can do that. And so she went to jail. She was uh, sent to jail for such a stupid thing. Wow. Uh, but Rosa Parks became kind of uh, one of the figureheads of, uh, uh, you know. Civil rights movements. Civil rights movement, exactly. Thank you. And so she later moved to Detroit. And uh, the day before Illusion of Guy was released, that night, so technically maybe even early the morning uh, when Illusion of Guy was released, I. Uh, her door was kicked in when Rosa Parks went to investigate what was going on. The dude there was like, Hey, someone kicked in your door, but I scared them away. I deserve a reward. And so she gave the guy like what she had on her purse, $53. And the guy said that wasn't enough and attacked her and then ran off. Uh, She was beat up pretty bad it's pretty scary especially you know given how old she was at the time i the the assailant i i was eventually captured okay good (laughs) and we'll get to that in a moment uh as we're moving through time here though supposedly mike illich owner of little caesars Mm -hmm. offered to pay for her housing costs for like the rest of her life Makes it makes it feel like Illich is a really cool dude, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, based on that alone, yes, Illich seems like a super solid dude. Unfortunately, we live in the Detroit area, and we know it's not always uh, quite as good as that. That's true. Also, uh, it's on record that she uh, was given an eviction notice in two thousand two. Uh, but given who she is, the apartment complex because she moved to an apartment. Uh, waived all of her late fees and let her know that she could stay there for the rest of her life until she passed on. Uh, And so, yeah, the Illich clearly didn't follow through with that. Right. However, uh, I have kind of a depressing side note, uh, which is more recent about this. Okay. The guy who attacked Rosa Parks. Yeah. Was released from jail. The following day. No, uh, recently. Uh, oh. in, I think 2019, 2020. Yeah. Do you know what he decided to do with his uh, uh, life after this happened? I mean, I don't... I don't even want to guess. 
he broke into another house of an old lady, oh, attacked God. her. And you want to know the worst part, Xander? That, per- that lady died? No! The icing on this horrible cake is the fact that that guy, do you know where he was caught? Already know. in jail for trying to rob another old lady's house. Jeez. <laughs> oh, right? <laughs> right? I mean, I guess if you're good at something. <laughs> but he gets caught all the time. <laughs> he isn't good at it. It's going to work one of these times, Craig. <laughs> Do you know how much he got from the this old lady? Uh, I... Uh, who who was robbed from him when he was after he was released from jail? Uh, twenty six dollars, fifty three dollars less than Rosa Parks had on her. Wow. Back to jail for you, buddy. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. Now you see. Now I know why uh, Sean doesn't like recording with you because you just bum them out. Yeah, that's what I do. Why I do like to this? kick them while they're down. All right, well, let's try to cheer ourselves up. Uh, as I always do, I pull up the movie releases, TV debuts, and top songs of, the, of September 1996. Which do you want to hear first? What was the, uh, the music? What was the song for the time? So from, uh, let's see, from August 27th all the way until November 26th, uh, you had Boys to Men with I'll Make Love to You. Nice. Yep. They were they were knocked out in December third by Boys to Men on bended knee. Oh, another Boys to Men song took over to the last Boys to Men song. Yep, they were really popular back then. Yeah. So, and then let's see what else. Just just because it's always fun to look at the entire year, uh, Boys to Men came back the very last uh, the very last week of December with on bended knee. Uh, I swear by All for One, which I could have sworn was by Boys to Men. Uh, ruled the summer, May 21st to July 30th. Hmm. Uh, Ace of Bases, The Sign, was uh, was big in all of March and then again in May. Uh, uh, kind of surrounding Bump and Grind by R. Kelly, which I don't see nothing wrong with a little bit of... Anyway, uh, so that's the music. <laughs> do you want to do TV or movies next? I... Movies. Uh, I would, I, you know, I would do movies last. I just took a look at movies. There's a lot of solid flicks that came out. In all right, all right. Let's do TV. In September of 1994. So, debuting in September of 1994 was The Head on MTV. Oh. Do you remember The Head? That name sounds familiar, but I don't remember it. It was a cartoon. It was an animated show. It kind of spun off from MTV's Liquid Television. It was about a guy with an enormous head that split open and an alien would jump out and beat the snot out of people. Sounds was, kind of amazing. It was pretty awesome. I remember watching it. I, I, I remember enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, VR Troopers entered uh, into syndication in September of 1994. Uh, Aladdin, the TV series, jumped into syndication in September uh-huh. 5th. The Magic School Bus, The Tick. Wow. Uh, Beethoven, which I'm assuming is based off those dog movies. Yeah, I think there was a crappy cartoon cash-in for it. Uh, Party of Five, released in September. I never saw it, but I knew it was fairly popular. Uh, The Martin Short Show. The Baby Huey Show entered syndication. ER, 
You, you ever heard of ER? You ever oh, heard of, yeah. You ever heard of George Clooney? Uh, I'm vaguely familiar. The less popular Chicago Hope, the other, you know, primetime uh, hospital drama. Uh, Touched by an Angel was a favorite in my household by my mom, who was like weirdly obsessed with that stuff. <laughs> uh, Friends came up. Oh, that's a big one. September 22nd. Free Willy, the series. And uh, at the end of September, ABC launched their show, Reboot. Wow, Reboot launched. Yep. And you Me. know what What just just barely missed the cut by coming out on the 3rd of October? What's that? Well, we had VR Troopers. You ever heard of VR Troopers? No. You ever heard of uh, Power Rangers? No. You big bad Beetleborgs? No. Tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills? Oh, yeah, I love that show. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> did that come out? It sure did. Oh, my that God. Was in October. Just missed, the, uh, just missed the cutoff. Oh, what dreams may come. Man, you know what else came out in October of 94? What's that? Ah, Real Monsters. Wow. I, I did enjoy that show. Interesting. Oh, I just noticed there's... Oh, nothing interesting. I was going to say, that also tells me what shows ended in September of, of 94, but nothing interesting. Ah. The closest we have is Shop Till You Drop, which was a game show that I used to watch. Oh, I kind of remember that. But uh, let's jump over to movies. Yeah, what do you got? Good Lord, there's a lot of good movies came out September of 94. Uh, starting with uh, Pulp Fiction. Wow. Uh, jumping over then to Clerks. <laughs> Crazy. Jump- Jumping over then to Leon the Professional. Good Lord. Time Cop. Shawshank eh. Redemption. Ooh. Ed Wood. And that's that's about it. Dolph Lundgren's Men of War. <gasps> Dolph Lundgren? He was in a Bond movie. <laughs> he sure was. But yeah, uh, so Pulp Fiction, Clerks, The Professional. It's all, all good stuff, man. I, uh... Yeah, no, there's some really solid movies in that list. I'm impressed. Yeah. I thought I had to double check because I was like, no, wait, all this came out in September. But yeah, within four days of each other, September 10th was Pulp Fiction, September 13th was Clerks, and then uh, The Professional was September 14th. Crazy. And then Time Cop was September 15th. (laughs) Yeah, yes, Time Cop. Who who needs three copies of Time Cop on DVD? You don't get it. It's on sale for (laughs) $9.99. Uh, but that's uh, that wraps up our retro rewind for September of 1994. We're going to jump over to our stage theme bracket, and we can do it because it's not the future yet where we don't know the outcomes. We do know what's going up in this round, and today it's a tough one. Craig, are you ready for this? I am. Oh, what a, what's the first song up? The first song is The Overworld from Super Mario World, composed, of course, by Koji Kondo. Indeed. Let's take uh, a quick listen to this one. Yep. Thank you. 
I was curious if this one was going to have the Yoshi bongos, and it doesn't. Oh. I uh, I love that when you jump on Yoshi, it adds in the bongos. Yep. Uh, you were you were about to say something about the Super Mario Overworld before I I started playing the song. Yeah, the I mean it's it's a classic. It's an awesome awesome song. Uh, one of the first big Super Nintendo hits, if you will. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so yeah, I, I that's that is a, a a it makes you feel like that's a shoe in, but we're nearing the finals and it's going up another uh, against another Titan. So what is it going up against, Xander? Uh, so the next song in the bracket that's going up against Super Mario World Overworld is the uh, main stage theme of Bubble Bubble. Yeah, composed by Tadashi Kimijima. Uh, this is perhaps one of the catchiest you know, uh, uh, get stuck in your head songs of all time. And I'm pretty sure this is the second bracket the song has appeared in. So let's give it a quick listen. abruptly ended because if i don't i'm never gonna stop yes it is super catchy it's it's one of those songs that's just it's now in everyone's head right now mm-hmm. sorry about that yeah i mean i'm not that sorry it's an awesome no, song either. i was just i was just trying to be nice <laughs> speaking of being nice you know you can vote for these songs four different ways you can jump on le facebook and vote there although they've been kind of uh tricky with us lately so you'll have to look for the legend of retro fan page or uh, group or rather i should say so you'll have to send us an invite prove that you're not a uh, robot and then we'll let you in um, that seems to be the only way we can do polls right now so we apologize for that inconvenience but you can vote there you can vote on twitter at legend of retro gz uh, you can also jump on our discord and vote there we do an emoji poll every single week and if you are a patreon subscriber of one dollar or more you get a special Patreon poll that goes out every single week and you can vote there. But that's not all you can get with your Patreon uh, membership slash support. If you are a member of Patreon with $5 or more, you get access to a whole bunch of extra shows such as the Game Shark show from Legend of Retro where we break down random topics or give you some top uh, top choices of either like Konami games or our favorite Mega Man Robot Masters or what have you. You get the after credit scene from Last Action Podcast where they kind of break down deeper into different uh, movies or just talk about random movie topics. You also get behind the DM screen for Noobs and Dragons. You get Smart Line from Noiseland Arcade and you get the uh, pre-show slash must or bust from the GameZilla podcast. So there's tons of content there just for five bucks. You pay five bucks once, you get all that stuff and then you can keep getting it every single month after that so long as you are a supporter there. But there's one extra show I forgot to mention for the dollar mark which is State of the Zilla, where random members of the GameZilla podcast network uh, jump in and talk about whatever they want. 
be it anime, be it old timey action figures, or I don't know, just whatever. I've yet to be on an episode, but I hope to do one soon. Yeah, it's a, a super fun show to do. Uh, and it's, yeah, basically just whatever topics aren't covered by any of our shows we get to talk about. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Xander, that is uh, our episode on Illusion of Gaia. Uh, I'm super happy that my birthday extravaganza is happening so that I can talk about some of my favorite games ever. And next time, uh, next week, our uh, episode will be another one that's totally Craig-centric. Yes, it certainly is. On my birthday, we talked about Dance Dance Revolution, which I love, but it's not my favorite game. You get two whole weeks. Proving that everybody, everybody likes Craig the most. That is true. Craig should, likes Craig the most. Should, should have never brought you on for that RPG episode. The fans like Craig the most. Should, should have never done it. Should have never. Done I it. wish my mom liked Craig the <laughs> most. Coincidentally, your mom does like me quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, and not even like a weird like, oh, your mom like like we get along pretty well. So yeah, she's always, no. she always seemed genuinely happy to see me. Mm-hmm. I would say so. Yeah, I I think if I had to 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 make a list of my friends, uh, you beat Sean. Well, for sure. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we we digress. Let's uh, let's get back on track for this birthday extravaganza. We will talk about another game next week that Craig loves. But until then, silence. You get nothing for the next couple of days, unless you listen to this episode again. I guess. But either way, we will catch you next time when the legend continues.